0: He's not here. Shocker. I know it's Friday. He's on vacation. Maybe one day he'll work one again. I don't know. We'll see. I know. Tough ask in the month of February. No, we love Benny. And most importantly, we're wishing his... Oh, I got a little so-so from behind the glass. I'm outing you. The best part of this is I'm not even going to say which one of you two behind the glass gave the yeah so now Oops. there's a little bit yeah now there's a little civil war brewing back there no we want to wish uh benny his kid and his kids hockey team uh good luck off to a hockey tournament in niagara Ooh, that's uh, fun Well, he's given some updates uh on the team this season so you know i i think we're hoping for uh victories but moral victories as well is what they're uh, hoping for there so good luck to ben and his kid uh off to uh niagara this weekend for attorney he's back on monday Allegedly. You know, guys been taking some vacation, so I'll just say allegedly. No, we're happy to have him back. But we're also happy to
1: have you in. Jesse Rubinoff. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, man. Uh the hockey tournaments were the best as kid. Oh yeah. That's an awesome feeling. I wonder what it would be like as a as a parent. Like tiring the, is my understanding. I've not got there yet, but I think it's just tiring. That's, just yeah. I would imagine that there's exhausted. like some people that like to party with the other parents? Oh, I've heard. I've heard tales. Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard tales. tales as well. So I feel like that's an aspect of it. But yeah, you're, you're probably exhausted by the end of it. Yes, you, you are. With the kids. But yeah, it's good for Benny, man. Yeah. Taking good for, Friday
0: off. Good for him. Uh, the The NHL, they will not be taking Friday off. There's a myriad of all-star festivities going on. We had the draft last night. These things are always... Like, they're always interesting. You sit here and... You know, I'll be I'll be honest. It's like you watch them... At the beginning, out of, I think, interest, intrigue, and then, you know, as the night goes on, it's like I wash it a little bit out of obligation, because it's my job, and i got to talk about it, but, you know, we understand what these things are. Uh, What were your impressions? You know, I'll give them credit. They tried something different last night. I think it worked out pretty well, just generally speaking, uh, first impressions for you.
1: Yeah, I think it's for the kids uh, primarily. Like, I, I think it was it was nice having the, like kids, the, kids, some on the kids, kids on the or just the children in general. The children in general. Okay. I think it's cool to see your your favorite players uh, doing what they do, mingling with the other stars in the league. A show asked me yesterday what I think the All Star Game in general, All Star Weekend is for, and I think it's for growing the game as best you can and trying to develop a new generation of fans. And, and when you see, uh, you know, also when when You evaluate why there's a player from every team. I think that's a big reason why. Like you, Mm. you can now see a a Boone Jenner from Columbus there hanging out with you know, the, the superstars of the league. And I'm, I'm a fan in Columbus. Yeah. i young kid in Columbus. I'm like, hey, that's that's pretty cool. And that's something a, that could lock me in. For, I'm a for fan for in Columbus. I'm thinking,
0: God, they should have sent Babs there yeah, and tortured yeah. all these guys. <laughs> Just been like,
1: pull out your phones, yeah. kids. Yeah, but we had some good moments last night. There were some uh, some funny moments, some funny quotes. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was all right. I'm excited for the rest of the weekend, though.
0: Yeah, it should be. Uh, it's always fun. Like, you know, these things, when they're afar, they feel a certain type of way, be it outdoor games, be it all-star games, but... You forget what it's like to have everybody kind of back in the city and just seeing people around, and yeah, it's they're out on King Street. It's interesting, so it's uh, it'll be fun to see. Now, the star of the show last night was not wasn't Austin Matthews, wasn't Connor McDavid, wasn't wasn't Mitch Marner, who eventually made his way over to uh, Team Leafs or whatever mm-hmm. they're going to end up calling it. No, the star of the show last night was uh was a Crooner. From the West Coast. One, Mr. Michael Bublé. Now, I I don't even know what I'm allowed to say he said, so I think we have a clip from him. And we do not have a clip from him. We do? All right. We're just going to let Michael Bublé say some stuff, and then I'll react to it because i got to be honest, it was pretty wild hearing Michael Bublé uh, post-game post after the All-Star draft last night. My buddy told me this is just a microdose of
1: mushrooms, and he was lying. <laughs> so... I'll be honest, I thought I was in Blades of Glory for most of the time that I was out there until it sort of settled down and then I realized, holy sh! I am at the NHL All-Star Game.
0: You know, it just occurs to me that all, uh, through all the incredible songs and, that you've done over the years yeah. and all the, the hearts of women that you've won over around the world, with all that talk about fantasy hockey, you lost them all in one sentence. <laughs> it all just evaporated. <laughs> Years of building it up, and just yeah. and it's just gone. Yeah, the mushroom talk lost me all of my contracts. Well, the mushroom too. talk definitely lost you a lot of income. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, folks, I think he's all right with that. No comment uh, yet from the folks at Bubbly. I, I have not seen. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, look, this is what happens. Like, uh, you... You want to dance with celebrities. And, you know, I think everybody's, like, shocked that of all people, it's Michael Bublé, the guy who uh, drags the NHL into micro-dosing talk on a Thursday night. But, man, it is – this is what you want. Like, you want a sideshow aspect. I also saw a lot of people saying that now any awkward moment involving Michael Bublé is no longer cringy and awkward. Now it's like, oh, we know exactly what what was happening there. (laughs) Man, it's – I – this is what you want. Like you, I'm not going to say that when the NHL sits up in a sales meeting, I don't think, no, I don't think that's what they want, (laughs) but let me tell you what this is going to do. This is going to like that, that, that might be on first take, you know, I don't think it's going to quite get uh, Chris Russo's level rant of like talking about cutting a gummy in half and uh, wagering 10 G's on Deion Sanders, Colorado. But like, that's a viral moment. That's making waves. And, it doesn't – you don't want viral moments that are bad, that are black marks on the league or anything like that. But that's not this. Like, you know, people have their own sensibilities, and they can get upset about it if they want. They can think it's hilarious if they want. But this is drawing eyeballs, and now people are – guess what people are doing? They will be talking about NHL All-Star. You know, I like to do, like, the mom test. yeah. This, now, my mom's on vacation right now, so I don't know how soon this will make its way to her. But I'm waiting for a text in about a week, week and a half of,
1: <gasps> what happened with Michael Bublé? What, what did he do? Reputation? Yeah. Like, that. that's the thing that, <laughs> that I'm wondering. You're 100% right. Like, you, you want something to be uh, as viral as possible, and you want it to be viral for the right reasons. I do wonder if they end up talking about it on American shows. Like, is this... What what's going on in Canada? Is it in that vein, or is it like?
0: <laughs> well, there's a certain news network
1: that'll be like, "Oh, Trudeau is Canada." God, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be, definitely
0: be happening. I don't know that it's like that's ESPN necessarily.
1: I, I feel like that's sort of the direction that that's oh. going to take. It's like, oh, look, like even Michael Bublé is now micro dosing on mushrooms. Like, what's going on in in Canada? But no, you you're right, man. Like you're always sort of looking for that that one or two or three moments over the course of a weekend that people can have some fun with. Like it's, they're still legal in Canada, right?
0: Uh, apparently in Vancouver, they are legal and like he's representing Vancouver. Vancouver? So right. yeah, we'll do, I mean, I don't know how legalities work of yeah, you know, like no, being in a asked. totally different place. But uh, allegedly, I yeah. guess. Let me just throw that in there, even though he said it into a hot mic. I, I think this ops is is cool fact. Oh though. my god, yeah. um, abundantly yeah. so. Like I got to be honest, like I, I'm a like I I shouldn't say a closet Buble guy, but like he's on he's in the Christmas rotation. Like oh, his yeah. his Christmas album, I get it in there. So you know, I, this definitely does give me a little because y- I, I don't know about you, but whenever I find out there's a celebrity who is non sports like they're an actor they're a musician they're whatever it is not not a sports person or even if it is a sports person I find out they're a legit sports fan of other sports or again if it's an actor musician but I hate the thing where oh this person likes a sport and it's clear they're just they've seen it once or twice in their life this guy's a legit sports fan Arnett same exact thing and that's what I actually do love about this the idea that it's like that guy clearly loves his team. He's like yeah. gushing about his fantasy team and our net. Yeah, that yeah. was that was awesome to see. So yeah, little viral moment. Again, I don't I think if you would have had Gary Bettman list a thousand ways he wants the league to go viral at All-Star <laughs> Weekend, this not probably I bet if you had him do two thousand lists of a thousand ideas, it probably wouldn't be on there. But here we are; we're talking no, about it. You have someone
1: you sit him down and yeah. you say, "Look, Gary, like this is exactly what." The
0: oh no, is. I, I look Gary Bettman. Like for all my criticisms, he's not blind to this. I'm not going to say he likes it, he but he right. understands right. the value right. of it for yeah. for sure. Uh, in terms of the the rest of the night, like the. I think that it went about as well as could be expected, unless you're going to go full anarchy and it's like, you know, we run this thing on tape delay. It's like you got to keep it somewhat on the rails. I kind of like the mics being hottish all throughout. Somebody right off the hop, just said to the Hughes brothers, oh, you guys look adorable, or you look so cute, or something. And in hindsight, I feel like that was almost certainly Michael Buble uh, with, the, with the hot <laughs> mic there. Uh, McKinnon, like the girl, Tate McRae, was the cat with him, just kept asking, is he fast? Are they fast? It was, uh, it was great. Like, so I think that that's kind of, that's as good as to be expected. If you want to continue with this, the idea of having a draft, I think that this allowed it to continue and people only get more comfortable with it. The only thing I'd say is, and it's like, you know, I understand it's a TV product. You're trying to move it along and, you know, I love Amber. I don't think there he was a problem with it, but the more you involve a host, and I understand you need a host to move it along, but the mm-hmm. more you involve a host, the more it reminds those guys they're on TV. And the whole goal of it is for them. I know it's hard to forget when they're basically, you know, at like a pro wrestling show with 20,000 people giving them crowd pops for everything they say. Yeah. But you want them to forget it's all mic'd up and they're on camera. And every time Bucci Gross or Amber comes over and again, like this is not a knock on Amber at all. I think he does a great job with it, but it's like, that's David Amber. He's wearing a suit. There's a Sportsnet mic in your face. It's just you You flash back to oh, media mode a little bit. So I do think that if you stick with this, though, there's definitely something there. And, you know, they leaned into the personalities of the guys. Like, they're sarcastic. They're beaking each other a little. It's not the, you know, we didn't have too much of the overplanned, oh, well, you we have a trade to announce or whatever. Like, it was just guys hanging out and i honestly think that's that's all you want from
1: it. Yeah, it's exactly what you need. I feel like the the reason the NBA draft has been successful over the years is that they do a really good job of sort of maximizing the personalities yeah. that they have in that league. That's one of the major things that i think the NBA probably has over the NHL is that, you know, i don't know if it's because NHL players wear helmets on mm-hmm. the ice or they're in, inside the rink there. Yep. There's boards separating them. So there are things that work against them, but I think that's what you're going for. You're trying to see, you know, who can be the personality that stands out over the course of the weekend. And for the players too, you would think that that can help that, their careers. Mm-hmm. Like that's for something sure. I think to recognize. I don't know if you're an agent or you're, yeah. uh, a family member of the players, be like, Hey, like this, if you're on this stage, this could be your opportunity to, to become a personality, a star in this league, go get an endorsement deal because you're the cool one who went viral over the yeah. course of the weekend. So there, there's opportunities there for the players. I think they, they loosen up a little bit. That's what you're trying to go for. I mean, there, there were definitely moments last night, but I think we could, even, we could even see more in the future. I think that's what you're hoping for.
0: Yeah, of course you can. And, you know, I... The, again, like, these guys are all friends. Obviously, the teammates are, know each other well, and there's, you know, Ma- Matthews, you know, for example, him drafting Clayton Keller. Like, that's a guy he's known since they are playing yeah, on yeah, the U.S. Yeah. national development team. But, you know, the best, you know, like, Jesse, you, uh you know, I'll, I'll assume this about you, you have friends. You know, yeah. the, the, okay, safe assumption, <laughs> yeah. I thought, but, you know, just want to make sure. Just a couple. The, the best jokes among friends are the true ones. Yeah. And the idea of, you know, I forget exactly what he said, but Matthews going well, you know, we got to pick Mitchie. here. He's going to be sad and get, get yeah. sulky about it. And then going, get over here, Mitchie. <laughs> that just, uh, again, we always like, I think it's died down. I think it's become less of a, more of a joke and less of a true thing. But we always talk about the like civil war among the least fan base. And it used to be over Cal Dubas, but he's gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was definitely a time where it was Nylander, Marner, Matthews, obviously, but that just, uh, that, that plays into how a lot of people uh, maybe perceive him a little bit. So I thought that was, that was just funny with Matthew saying that there. If he
1: got the team Hughes, uh, Brock Besser treatment who Mm, went like, yes, I guess third last round or something. Then uh, yeah, I think the newspaper headlines would be like, why, why is Mitch Marner (laughs) going ninth round to Matthew's team? I also,
0: you know, I have to, I wouldn't be me if I didn't gripe a little bit. Yeah, go for it. I think that's, that's true. We got a, we got to embarrass a guy here. I'm sorry, NHL. Like, I know you want to be nice, and maybe it's less fun if it's Oliver Bjorkstrand being being embarrassed just to pick a guy. But they get down to the final four, and Dave Keon comes out, which, like, hey, awesome. Bring Dave Keon out. That's good. But then he does, like, uh, it's like, pick a card, any card. He's, like, running a Carney game for which, <laughs> for which team these guys are going to end up on. And I'm sorry. This is... Like, I know it's mean. I know kids out there, if you're driving in the car, maybe you're in a hockey tournament going somewhere with your parents. You know, bullying is wrong, and it's mean. But these guys are millionaires, and they can bully each other just a little bit. I need to see somebody picked on. I need to see... Phil the Kessel. Phil Kessel sitting there. I need. I will even take somebody begging for the truck to be last pick. I'll even take that. But you got to do it. Like you can, this is part of where it's like, okay, NHL, you did good. You took a baby step. Don't be so safe. You have a guy talking about microdosing after the draft. Maybe we can embarrass an NHLer who makes a million dollars. Who's there? Like I, that is the one part of it that drove me the most nuts. It's like, again, it's an all-star draft. I'm not going to get too up in arms about these things. I'll save that for things that actually matter in this
1: world. But if you're going to do it, do it. And that's part of it. I couldn't agree. More. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what you want. Like you want someone to be sitting there shaking that I don't want to go last. Yeah. Like, the, the, how many times in, in their lives now are millionaires, you know, stressed out about that sort yeah. of thing? It brings you back to the schoolyard, and there's a little bit that's that's funny about that, and I think they'd get over it within a couple of minutes, I would think, not
0: immediately. I would think, I would hope, and, like, again, you know, I don't want this to happen to my wonderful Toronto Maple Leafs, but... Like if it sows a little discord among a team, if teammates are upset, if if uh, Lindholm thinks the Canucks don't like him anymore, don't like him now, however it works out there. So yeah, I, uh, th- and that's the other part of it. Like that's what the NBA leans into. I can't remember the exact clip, but it was, this would have been, I think two years ago when Kyrie Irving was making his way out of Brooklyn and he was like the second to last player on the board and LeBron and KD are the captains. And they both have a piece of paper up in front of their face because they can't stop laughing. How are we going to talk about Kyrie Irving in a non-insulting way? Or how are we going to make this joke about him being the last pick or whatever? And they just, you know, oh, I need some defense. I'm going to take some size. Whoever was, I think it was like Rudy Gobert or whoever was <laughs> yeah. left on the board.
1: That was so good. Right? But
0: Smart. guess what? Right? Good pivot. Everyone, everyone's okay. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. he. If even Kyrie Irving didn't get his feelings hurt by that... Now, I don't know. Maybe he was, I don't know. Maybe he was, like, saging a moon somewhere or something so he didn't know what was happening. But when I look at that, like, guess what? That's what people want. Like, they want the little hinge of conflict or whatever. And again, it's all... It's all for laughs. It's all for fun. Like, don't take it so seriously. That's well, the,
1: for ratings, too. Yeah, like, you want interest. That's it. Like, they, everyone has to be on board with these things together. Well, so I think that that is where...
0: If I'm gonna if I'm going to take the other side of the argument I just made, which is wrong, but I think that's where the NHL is still hurt by the every team gets a guy of it all. Mm. Cause it's you know, it's if it's Phil Kessel, that's a funny thing. We all know who he is. Again, I don't know that that like crossovers to America, but he is a player of note. Now part of it was he was a leaf. There was definitely some element of it there. But if it's Boone Jenner that's the last pick. And he's a, sorry, Boone, a fringy all-star at best. Like, he's there because every team gets one. And, hey, I like Boone Jenner. Would love him as the least third-line center. I don't want third-line centers at my all-star game. But (laughs) it has to be someone who matters, right? Like, the joke coming at Kyrie Irving's expense is one thing, but... I don't know, like to pick a kind of middling-ish NBA player, if it's Austin Reeves, who's the last player, I don't know that it becomes as funny. Now, it does because Austin Reeves is like more famous than Austin Matthews, it feels like at times. So, you know, those players have more of a crossover. But I think that's the one problem with the NHL, if they want to do it that way, that you almost have to have a wink-wink that someone has to eat it, of like, be it a a Mitch Marner or even, even a guy like Pasternak who, like, you know, he's no he's nobody's MVP, but he's, he's a very notable guy in the league. Somebody along those lines. You can't have it be Bjorkstrand or Boone Jenner or even Clayton Keller. Like, I don't know that that moves the needle in any way. So I think that's the only difference here yeah. is that the last guy being picked in an NBA All-Star game is still an incredibly famous person that more or less everybody has at the very least heard of and not just heard of, has an understanding of... What they are, why, what the joke is. There's no understanding of what Oliver Bjorkstrand is.
1: Yeah, the the if you if you make a big deal of who's taken last. In the draft, they got to be a big deal. They, they have to be a big deal, or if they're not, then it just doesn't matter, and it's exactly what yeah. it is right now. Yeah, exactly. Right, so it's you, you can't. You're sort of working from a, a base level here. That if you do actually make it into something, yeah, and it ends up being someone who's not quote unquote yeah. a big deal, then you're right back sort of where you started anyway. It's, they should have punished. Might as well, try it. They should have punished Sidney Crosby it's like a dunk tank or something.
0: Mm, they should have punished Sidney Crosby and made him last pick yeah. for not being there. Yeah. And like you know, Sid's, I. I have my feelings about Sidney Crosby not being there, but Sidney Crosby's allowed to do he whatever he wants. wants. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, n- nobody needs to d- put more, like, he has put enough money in the grows the game bank that he can go skate on an outdoor rink in, in Montana, big which Big Sky is Montana. Looked amazing. Oh. If, that, if that is, in fact, where he is right now, there's, like, a lot of videos going around on social that that's where he may be. It if looks it, like the purest place yeah. on the face of the earth. No, no knock on Sid. He he has earned uh, earned the right. But
1: Scotiabank Arena or an ODR in Big Sky, Montana. I don't know. Hanging with the beebs though. Yeah, that's true. he yeah, who knows? Did a concert last night. Apparently at history. Yeah, not
0: Michael Bublé. I think he yeah. was he was like <laughs> he's like there's a there's a gremlin staring at me. I don't want any part of that. Okay, uh, just quick rundown of the team. So Austin Matthews and his co captain Morgan Riley, uh, his first pick. Uh, and I did like Matthews uh, kind of wink into the NHL of it all. Uh, Our first overall selection from Calgary, Alberta, via Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, William Nylander, then Marner, Ottinger, Keller, Barzal, Shasturkin, Forsberg, DeBrincat, Trocek. Three great stashes on the team. I really wish they could go back and retroactively design these jerseys. And I will say, I complained a lot about the jerseys. Still hate them. Like, I've not come all the way around. Looked better on the guys than they do just on, and I didn't see the, uh, what would they call it, like the script of the numbers. I hadn't really got a look at that. I was just looking at the front. Looks cool. So, you know, I don't want, we don't need to bring this back after this year, but I have amended my loathing uh, of it. Uh, So, yeah, there's the Matthews team there for McDavid. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hellubuck, Pasternak, Daleen, Robert Thomas, Sam Reinhart, uh, Sam Bobrovsky, as Connor McDavid called him, <laughs> Boone Jenner, Nick Suzuki, Thomas Hurdle, then Nate McKinnon, uh, McKinnon McCarr, Crosby, Georgiev, Kaprizov, Aho, Wilson, Swayman, Travis Konecny, Elias Lindholm, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and that's kind of the problem. Like as we go down this list here, it's like the last two or three guys on these yeah. lists are okay if that's your last pick. I don't know that it's the viral moment you want, uh, and then uh, the uh, the Hughes brothers team. uh, Hughes and Hughes, Pedersen, Kucherov, Demko, Connor, Kachuk, Brat, Talbot, Besser, Miller, Vertrano. Uh, One other thing, obviously, a lot of teammates loading up amongst themselves. Now, the league did this, right? The idea of, okay, McDavid and Drysaddle, you're partnered up. Riley and Matthews, you're partnered up the Hughes brothers you know um they're brothers so that makes sense there but <laughs> what do you make of the teams all kind of playing together I'm very much of two minds to this like on one hand yeah it's cool to see all the Leafs on one team if you, now there's a kind of clear home team in this event so that's cool but I also It's an all-star game. The whole point of it is seeing these guys play with other guys. Like, where are you at on the idea of all these teammates kind of ending up together?
1: Yeah, I think I'm okay with it. I I feel like, like you said, they kind of made a point of it before it happened. Like, you knew that it was coming. You knew that Matthews was going to take Nylander and Mm -hmm. Marner. And you knew that if they didn't, there would probably be some unspoken or spoken uh beef that they'd probably get over pretty quickly but <laughs> you knew that it was probably coming. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I think you then like you said you sort of have like representation from each team and you look at it and you're like, "Okay, that's sort of the the McDavid team, the Oilers team. the Matthews yeah. team is sort of the Leafs team. Then you have the Canucks team." And I'm I'm okay with that, especially with it being in Can- a Canadian market. Yeah. You sort of have Canadian teams, which is Cool. Yeah. I hadn't really thought of it that way that, yeah, there's the, like the avalanche team, but otherwise it's, it's kind
0: yeah. of a couple of, of team candidates or, or, you know, a team Toronto and a team Vancouver in there. I'm, I'd feel differently about this if it was a, like a, my hobby horse that I still wouldn't really care about. But the idea of them, if they just went back to this being a real hockey game with two teams, instead of three on three with four, I would care much less about all these guys being on the same team. I'd think it's kind of cool. But with it only being three on three, it's like ah, mix it up. I gotta see Matthew, and got to like it's a punishment. And we're quite lucky, but it's like I watch Matthews, Nylander, and Marner play together. Yeah, you want to see all the with time, that, yeah. all the time. I want to see you other know, stars. Yeah, I do. I want to yeah. see. I want to. And now you know there are certain pairings that work out in this you know thank goodness McKinnon ended up with Crosby because if I had to if I had to go through this without getting to see Crosby with McKinnon or McDavid I was actually going to lose my mind so thank goodness for that but yeah if I if I had my druthers it would almost be like no two team no more than two teammates can be on the same team or something because I do think you just want to switch it up I see it all the time I would love
1: nothing more than for these guys to try 100 percent Mm. In these games, like if, it, I don't know, three on three, I it, it, I think you're never really going to get a hundred percent effort in three on three, sort of no matter what you do. But I think if there was I don't know if there was money on the line or something.
0: Well, Doug McClain has been telling this story a couple times as of late, but the last all-star game he coached in, I think it was the last year they actually did a uh, full like roster games. Yeah, That's how long yeah. they've been doing three on three. Yeah is that there was a $10,000 cash prize for for the winning coach. And he benched guys. He said, if you don't want to play in this, apparently in this, I think it was the second intermission. He said, if you don't want to play, I'm not playing you. And uh, Roman Hammerlick is apparently the guy who chuckled about it or whatever. And he got stapled to the bench because <laughs> Doug McClain was coaching a win in the All-Star game. So yeah. like you joke, but... You want to see it like Chris Pronger, he was on with Bunk the other day and he was talking about, you know, are you there to, bu- are you, you know, yucking it? No, I'm not. Like, I hate all these guys. I'm going to go ram them into the boards in a corner in five days. I don't want to be buddy-buddy with them. And I just don't know how much of that ex- exists anymore. Not of it. None, None of it, of it exists it. All, anymore. Yeah, you saw that. And I guess, you know what? I'm of two minds because the draft doesn't exist if they're all like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think the draft is like some holy thing that we can't lose here, but I don't think you can have it both ways where you want these guys to be best buds and they're comfortable doing a fun draft or they yuck it up with each other and the game matters so much. Like, yeah. like just the nature of the sport. Like in, in basketball, I think you can do that. Where it's like, all right, and then you go play against each other, and not to say basketball is not a physical game, but you know we watch the NBA night in and night out. Like defense has become much less physical. It's like I think you can still have that animosity and compete at a fairly high level. I don't know how much that can exist in a, like just a flat out more physical game. Like I think hockey.
1: part of where my desire to see these guys really try comes from is that we haven't seen best on best for so long. Well, that's, and I'm just craving it. And there's so much talent in this game. One year, man. Like, I don't think, like, I don't really don't even think there's enough money that you can offer these guys where you're going to get that effort level. Because they realize that the biggest thing in their season is Mm -hmm. their actual team. The team that pays their contracts. So even if you're, you know, trying to spread out, I don't know, $5 million amongst the winning team. Like, I don't even know if that would move the needle. I don't know what the number is. Do you think we get
0: it? Like so, this is different tonight. The skills challenge. There's a million bucks on the line. Like these guys will be taking it more seriously, I'd imagine. Yeah,
1: but it's there isn't the same risk. No, of course not. Right. So that's that's the difference. You can offer money here, and they're probably going to try to have the hardest shot or
0: skate the fastest or whatever it may be. The other thing too about this that I was I was thinking about is you know as we talk about like star power is the NBA for as much as you know their All Star game has it in spades. They've lost that in their most marquee... Now, I suppose some people say the three-point shootout is like the new marquee event of All-Star Weekend, which... Yes, not the dunk contest. Nerd. Hey, look, I like watching guys make threes as much as anybody else, but if you tell me a three-point contest is cooler than a dunk contest, I got one word for you. Nerd, okay? (laughs) But... Look at the guys who go win the dunk contest now. It's like Mac McClung, who's in the G League. Yeah, Can you imagine if at hardest shot, the NHL is like, hey, here's some guy who plays for the Grand <laughs> Rapids Griffins. Yeah, he yeah, shoot at 113. Isn't it cool? <laughs> and guess what? That would be cool. I would like to see it. But I'm so much happier that Elias Pedersen or Austin Matthews or you know fill in the blank X player who matters in this league is going to win the hardest shot contest like the NBA, the stars and you know like I'm not going to begrudge I I would like to see it but I'm not going to begrudge them too too much. It's like LeBron never did the dunk contest like and why? It's abundantly clear there was only. You know, I suppose people make the argument there were things to be gained, but it felt like there was really only things to be lost by a guy of that stature doing the dunk contest. It's pretty easy to get embarrassed doing an event like that. Even the home run derby, like a lot of the stars in the sport say, mm, that's going to mess me up for the second half of the season. I'm good. We'll see guys skip the all-star weekend because they want to go to Cabo, but we never see guys say, no, I'm too embarrassed to do the accuracy shooting or no, I'm yeah. too embarrassed to do the fastest skater. Like that is one thing that the NHL has going for it in spades.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. Like, the Le- LeBron thing is, has been so frustrating for so many years, and obviously the, the ship is sailed. He's not doing the dunk contest anymore, but you're right. It's God, like what a moment that it, would be. It's like 40-year-old LeBron doing yeah. the dunk contest? <laughs> the risk of embarrassment is what matters here. Like, mm-hmm. hey, LeBron, you're right, could get embarrassed doing the dunk contest, but there's nothing in the skills competition for the NHL tonight. Like, these guys are going to be g- going 100% trying to do it. They're trying yeah. to win. They're trying to win the money, but you would love to see that as part of the game as well because, man, there's so much talent there. I don't know how you do it. The NBA, when they change to the target score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Elam and There's moments. You know. yep. the, 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 there's, there's moments now where you start to actually see defense, which you don't even see in the regular NBA anymore, yeah. which is hilarious that you get it in the All-Star weekend. But something like that in the NHL, where even if it – make baby steps. Even yeah. if it's not 100% of the All-Star game is intense and there's a, a lot of yeah. effort – at least try and figure out where the end of it or something they could go a little bit harder. Cause that's, that's really what it's lacking.
0: I have, uh, I've rarely, I've rarely made it to
1: this point, uh, but I've heard rumor
0: that the last game of this three on three all-star tournament is usually like a touch more intense than the others. Cause it's like, Oh, look at that. There's something immediately there that's, that's on the line. But yeah, it's just, again, I think it's the nature of the game, like especially three on three you ever, ever just seen guys play three-on-three? Three? It's not that intense. Like, that's kind of the nature of, of how it goes. And then, again, with the NBA, it's like you can mono-e-mono. Mono. That, that's the other part of it is that who gets the ball? It, it's almost like the outcome is inconsequential to a certain extent. Yeah. I just want to see... It's like, okay, LeBron, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant are all out there. Who's getting the ball right now? Luca's out there. Does he think he should get the ball? Ooh, he's just deferring. That's interesting. And that just doesn't exist in hockey because guess what? They're all passing to each other. It's just a way more fluid game that doesn't work in the same way. So, yeah. Yeah. other another thing that I thought was funny from last night was all the guys grabbing goalies. I would have I would have waited, uh, grabbed a goalie at the absolute last spot. But uh, that's that's me in goaltending uh, in the NHL. Um, in terms of the skills contest tonight, uh, that's what's on tap. Is there one that always kind of jumps out to you? And just in terms of like the events you like fastest skater,
1: hardest shot. What do you is there one that kind of jumps out for you? It's definitely fastest skater. I mean, it happens happens fast. It doesn't take too long. But I think to see the guys you want to see records broken. And I think seeing how fast guys are now is, is always cool. I mean, hardest shots also uh, pretty cool. Like they're, they're like bit events. Like there's, they're not too, too interesting. They don't command too much of your attention, but you want to see records broken. And I think these guys are, you know, they're getting faster. They're shooting harder. And and when you can see that, Manifests itself. It's pretty cool. It
0: does make me feel old that so many, it's only one defenseman in the hardest shot contest. It's Kale McCarr. When I was a kid, that was defenseman satellite. Yeah, Ally Frady. McKinnis. Al even McInnes. McInnes, even yeah. like a more recent vintage, Zane O'Char, Shea Weber. Yeah, okay. I said both those names correctly. They kind of mingled in my mind for half a second there. <laughs> yeah. But it just that was always a defenseman event through and through. And maybe you'd get the odd forward in there. And now it's just, you know, it's I mean, part of it is who's in the skills challenge, right? It's not a lot of defensemen. I think it's just Hughes Macar among the, the defensemen there. So yeah, it's uh it is interesting to me. I, I am a sucker for hardest shot. I love it. Just dudes. Dudes grip it and rip it. They should also add a... Again, though, this is like a classic. They should add it, but I'd complain about the event being too long if they did. I would like to see even just one, like, wood stick round. I... uh that would be amazing. But the, these guys break their wrists. They wouldn't, they would, They
1: like, they've never shot one. Because what is it, he, I'm assuming, he used a wooden stick yeah, he, when he had 105. McKinnis,
0: McKinnis used a wood stick yeah. for most of it. I think at the very, very tail end, he might have gone to, like, a
1: two-piece or, <laughs> or something. And Iafredi's third all-time. With the skullet. Uh, 105.2, and then Shea Weber and, and Chara both 108, which yeah. is cheating, just though. insane. But cheating. yeah, but yeah six hundred percent. I would I would love to see it, but yeah, these guys. is
0: Pedersen fourth all time. Yeah, if you want to talk about uh, a chance for these guys to embarrass themselves, that would be it. Put a uh, concrete like wood stick in these guys' hands and just uh, see that. Uh, so quick rundown of those events: fastest skater, Nylander, Hughes, McCarr, Barzal, McDavid uh, feels pretty safe bet. Uh, McDavid favorite there. Hardest shot, Matthews, McCarr, Pasternak, Miller. Miller, Pedersen, as you mentioned, Petterson, defending champ. Stick handling, uh, Hughes, McDavid, Pedersen, Kucherov, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Pasternak, Barzal, Nylander. One-timers, Petterson, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Kucherov, Miller, Matthews, Barzal, Pasternak. The passing challenge, McKinnon, and Nylander, Makar, Barzal, Miller, Kucherov, Hughes, McDavid, Petterson, Matthews, Dreisaitl. And then the uh, final event, accuracy shooting, Kucherov, Makar, McDavid, Hughes, Miller pasternak mckinnon nylander dry saddle and matthews and then top eight move on to a shootout top six move on to an obstacle course and the winner gets a million dollars uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see always fun to see how this thing kind of uh kind of folds out uh, a lot more on the nhl uh, nhl all-star weekend as we move along today uh my bud sam mckee gonna join us later on in the show also gonna pl- talk plenty of nfl no it's it's no NFL this weekend. I mean, allegedly there's Pro sad, Bowl. allegedly there's Pro Bowl activities, but even I, even I as a sports radio host, will not sully myself uh, to to be taking any of that. In we'll talk to our man Charles Davis uh, a little after seven. Get set for the Super Bowl. But when we come back, Joel Embiid, he's hurt. I know the shocks, the shocking to everyone out there. But what does it mean for the East? What does it mean for the Sixers? A little check in on the NBA as we're fast approaching their All Star break. It's Fan Morning Show with Gunningham Rubinoff on Sportsnet five nine of the Fan.
1: Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Jesse Rubinoff alongside me here with you until just before nine o'clock today. I only ever say that on Fridays. Normally it's like, eh, who cares? Going back to work tomorrow. Guess what? I'm not. Weekend coming up. I know the rest of you who are, you know, probably commuting to a job that you've not yet started going, okay, I pump the brakes on this weekend talk. Yeah, mine's about to start. So I mm-hmm. uh, Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I uh, cannot wait for NBA trade season We're we're already kind of past Raptors trade season. Not that we won't necessarily see any anymore, but the big, the big fish yeah, uh, have been shipped out in Siakam and, and OG, but man, it, every time you think, this is kind of how I look at the NBA. Every time you think you have a handle on it of, okay, we're coming out of this era. We're heading into a new one. Things kind of stabilizing here. Okay. Lakers, maybe they're cooked. Celtics. Everything changes in the blink of an eye and the latest piece of this is Joel Embiid uh, diagnosed with a meniscus tear in his left knee. Uh, a lot of people have to walk back to takes of him ducking Jokic in yes. that game. Uh, I don't think the Nuggets fans would take their booing back of him in that game. He he didn't play, but uh, man, this is brutal to see like this guy have an MVP season you hate to see titles decided by injuries and no one's gift in the 76ers a title, even with a perfectly healthy Joel Embiid, but it's brutal. Like you just hate seeing one of the stars of the league go down. And again, like timetable very up in the air. We've seen these injuries be much shorter than we would think. And we've seen them linger on for a long time. Yeah. It's,
1: it's tough because you had the people that were upset that he was ducking Jokic. And then on the other hand, you have him playing potentially in a game where he might have already been compromised. And that has to do with the fact that if you don't play 65 games, you are then ineligible to be MVP or on an all NBA team that season. And that starts to spark a, a real conversation of what do you do with that rule? Because if in fact he was playing injured, you don't want that because you don't want your MVP to be playing hurt and then get hurt for a longer period of time. No. Nope. But at the same time, like, can these guys not play 65 games of an 82-game schedule? Like, it got so bad to the point where the NBA had to make Mm -hmm. a rule to tell these guys you can't load manage your way out of playing a reasonable amount of games. Like, if you came came to work 75% of the Mm -hmm. time, any of us, we wouldn't have a job. Don't talk about
0: Ben like that. That's not (laughs) fair it's not very nice at all i think he should have a job on monday
1: it's it, it, and the reality is like it's a physical sport sports are different and yeah. that they're not we're not yeah, yeah. coming in here and it's not the same physical risks mm-hmm. But at the same time, like every year to have guys playing less than 65 games, you shouldn't be eligible to win MVP. How can a guy be eligible to win MVP? How can he be the MVP if you're playing 55, 60 games a year? It doesn't make any sense.
0: You know what I was thinking about? And I'm a, it's funny. I've talked about this with a lot of buddies and, you know, topics. Let me put it this way. Topics that matter a lot more to the world than, than who wins the NBA MVP on any given year. And I'm just a big believer in that when things change, The pendulum needs to swing, and a lot of times it swings past the point you want it to get to. And is it over on the other side of things? And you're like, whoa, 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 I didn't say that. Yes, that does happen. And then generally speaking, pendulum swings back to the middle. We find the kind of right area for this. And what I was thinking about as well with this is the dress code rule. Now, you know, I don't don't need to relitigate David Stern's dress code in full here, but it's like when they put it in— You started to see guys, you know, like, again, I don't think it was the end of the world that these guys were wearing baggy white tees and chains to games, but it's like they start to dress a little better, and now we're at the point where you don't need a dress code rule. You don't need this. So I think this is the thing of, it's almost like a parent. Like, you got to get a little strict, Mm. Like, that's it. If I see one toy on the floor, no toys, and then guess what? They clean up their room, they tidy things up, and eventually, all right. So you played 60 games. You could still have the MVP. Like, I think this does have to be a hard and fast rule to change the mentality of things. But I think we will see a return to more of a gray area as opposed to a hard and fast black and white. Because, you know, and I think some of this matters more than others. Like, sorry, Tyrese Halliburton. I know it matters a lot to you. And you have every right to gripe about the money you won't get if you don't get all NBA because you haven't played enough games. But I don't care as much about that. But the league MVP, like when we're putting guys in the Hall of Fame, when we want to put guys' jerseys in the rafters, that thing matters. And you look, they've given they've given out wrong MVP awards before in all sports. So this isn't to say that they always get it right. But I don't want it decided by some nebulous. Well, he played sixty three games, not sixty five. If he was the MVP then give them the MVP, especially for something that matters so much to the history of the sport. Like, again, I know this is like a way bigger topic than, than just this, but so much of what got me into sports as a kid was, yeah, like I love playing sports and I love watching sports, but I loved learning about sports. I loved going back and seeing, Oh, who was on an all-star team? Who was the MVP? Who won the Norris trophy or whatever? Mm -hmm. And not to say that that stuff won't matter because there's some arbitrary game limit. I think it 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 generally speaking always will. But I don't want it I don't want the league history colored by this hard and fast rule and that's where I kind of have the biggest problem with it. I don't actually have an issue with the points you're making of yeah, you, guess what if you're the MVP, you probably should play that many games. But I just want the MVP to be the MVP. It's why I get so mad about You know, the the pattern the league fell into for a while there of, well, it was this guy's year a turn ago or this guy's turn a year ago, but we didn't give it to him, so we're retroactively gonna give Kobe this one, even though it was like his worst season of his prime. Get get away from that. Just give it to the most deserving player because it is it's the closest thing we have to a permanent record of history, because guess what? Like, my story of, I was there, I remember how good Embiid was. Nobody's going to care, okay? They're going to go look at a basketball reference page, mm-hmm. and they're going to see, okay, win shares, whatever, but they're also going to see
1: not league MVP. <laughs> I shouldn't. mean, that, that, that's an excellent point. Like I, When I think about the MVP, I think it dominates way too much of the discourse, mm. personally. Like, clearly it matters to the players, and this is why it's become a big deal. I feel like that's the league that matters the most in, too. Yeah, right? for sure, because it dominates. It's all narrative and you're 100% right when you look at the, the basketball reference page that that's what matters and that's what matters to arguments. Like if you go on Twitter, for example, and you talk about the LeBron-Michael debate, mm-hmm. yeah. like it's all numbers and MVPs and titles yeah, and all MBAs. Like that's what it is. I, I like to say it's because LeBron's a good dad. Yeah, That's what I right, say. Right, and and it's it's fine for me or anyone else, like you said, to be like, well, you know, I watch LeBron and I think LeBron's better. But if you're trying to have a discourse about mm-hmm. it and you're trying to have an argument about it, you need supporting yeah. evidence and statistics. And unfortunately, in this case, when you look back on Joel Embiid's career, mm-hmm. he's probably even if he misses two weeks here yeah. and ends up playing sixty games Whatever or fifty-nine is, games. Yeah very well could have won MVP and will not win MVP because of this rule. And therefore his legacy will very much be impacted. I think it's an excellent point. I don't think personally the MVP matters as much, but clearly it matters to them. He's off the board. Mm -hmm. You can't bet on him to win MVP anymore. And he has five games to miss. But, I mean, assuming with a torn meniscus, that's probably – he's going to miss at least five. So, I mean, it, it's a crazy situation. And I don't think they anticipated this being the case. Yeah. like I don't think the NBA was like, hey, uh, our, our guy who's leading the league in scoring with 35 yeah. points a game at 11 rebounds and is clearly the most dominant player in the NBA is going to end up playing 60 games. Yeah. Five games less and actually be disqualified. Like if, if a guy has a season-ending injury, mm-hmm. he's not going to win MVP anyway, so it's not going to matter. So this is like kind of worst-case scenario yeah. for the NBA when they created this rule. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it, you need those numbers and those statistics to, to back up arguments.
0: This is something we kind of talked about when, again, shocker, Ben was on vacation last time you filled in. Right. Uh, we talked with Mike Breen. And it was the idea of the NBA, it existing in a space now where – especially in the last decade, we've seen both versions of it. We have seen jump ball NBA, which you saw last year, where the, the Nuggets proved themselves to be far and away the best team. But, I mean, you could have talked yourself into four, five, six teams winning winning a title at the, at the beginning of it all. I don't think anybody was talking themselves into the heat and they had as good a chance as anybody else. But we have also seen... Everybody getting to the start of the regular season in the middle of October, shaking hands with LeBron and Steph Curry and saying, all right, see you guys in the finals. I hope it's a fun road. Nobody got hurt. Obviously, you know, both have their merits. What do you prefer? Like, do you prefer the, I won't call it parody, because I don't think the NBA has true parody. It has a, you know, a wider breadth of good teams than it used to. But what do you like better? The idea of four, five, six teams having a shot? Or do you miss the idea of like a true juggernaut in the
1: NBA? I personally like greatness. Need a I, heel. I think I'm pretty consistent with this across all leagues, whether it was Brady or now Mahomes. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have really soured on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if it's because they complain too much or because of the Taylor Swift effect, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, Tiger Woods is a perfect example yeah. in golf. Because like, when I look back on my time as a sports fan mm-hmm. or working in this business... Yeah. What do I remember most? I remember Brady and Belichick. I remember, I will remember LeBron. Mm -hmm. I remember the Heat big three. I remember the great teams and the dynasties. And when you have a different team winning every single year, yeah, it's nice for, I think, the sustainability of the league because you have fan bases that finally get rewarded after a long time. It's nice to see the Denver Nuggets Mm -hmm. win, but I got to be honest, in five years, I won't remember that the Denver Nuggets won. Yeah. And that, to me, as a sports fan, is not that important. It's important for them. It's mm-hmm. not important for me. I would prefer to see LeBron win eight titles and Patrick Mahomes win five Super Bowls because yeah. that is what I think uh, will eventually be passed on generation to generation when you're talking about sports, uh, you, you know, as a parent or whatever.
0: You you threaded the needle perfectly there for me as a LeBron and Brady guy that you gave LeBron eight titles and Mahomes less than Brady. So <laughs> I didn't even know if you did that on purpose, but that was just that was just really well done. That that was like. That was Thank a warm. You. you know what that was like. Not that I feel like this has been a car crash by any means, but it's like you know they give you that like silvery, shimmery blan- blanket. It's like for shock. It's like that's what I need. Yeah. It was just so warm and yeah. had me feeling so good. Uh, quickly on the Thank you. Um, we, we've we've seen petty petty LeBron. I want to be clear. And you know, I I love LeBron. I don't I don't love this part of it. And I know it's it's par for the course. And as he slips closer and closer to the eventual end that uh, I I suppose will come. It came for Tom Brady. So it'll come for everybody one day. Uh, What have you made of LeBron kind of just his ever growing frustration that we've, we've seen from him this year.
1: Uh, I think if sending out emojis is the worst thing LeBron James does Mm -hmm. in his career. Yeah. Then what are we really complaining about yeah. this guy's been in the spotlight since he was like 12 years old reaching the choir and yeah Are there some questionable things and you know, maybe associations that he's had over the course of his career? Sure, but yeah. I mean this guy has been a model citizen for the most part his entire career. Yeah I, when things go bad he can be a questionable teammate, it seems. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm calling into question his leadership, but I do think subtweeting yeah. no, it's your not great. team, it's it's not it's, ideal. When I mean, you're LeBron fun. James, it's not exactly what you should be doing. Yeah, and, and I think it's reaching ahead at this point where Darvin Ham is probably in some trouble, yeah. you would think. But, I mean, this is the worst thing LeBron's done. Like, What are we, what are we complaining about? What are we, what are we talking about? And if anything— if you're the NBA, yeah. it's good for the league. It's great for the league. Like, this is exactly what you want. You want your best player tweeting about yeah. whatever, the dramatics of the team and how bad things have been. Like that's exactly what you need.
0: Would it be better if he if he melded a LaTrell Sprewell and Michael Jordan into one and just punched his coach in the face? Would that be better? Like I mean, we know probably, Michael we know Michael punched Steve Kerr. Probably not. And he's the best for it. LaTrell Sprewell famously choking his coach. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we did not Here's like that so Here's much. Here's a question for you.
1: Yeah. Did we know at the time, cause I read the Michael Jordan, uh, the book about The book, AM. The Jordan Rules. Yeah, game. I read that, but I don't remember if we knew at the time that Michael Jordan had punched Steve Kerr or that came out after the fact. I because. Raymond Green, yeah. we knew immediately oh, that he punched me. Right? It's like you can't, it's not as cool. It's not as like mystical, mystical anymore yeah. that, oh, this guy is like such a legend. He punched a teammate in the yeah, face no. in a practice. It's like, like no, here, you literally see the video. Well, that's the
0: thing. It's like, go watch it, right? Yeah. You feel a little <laughs> bit differently about it. And exactly. the other thing is, it's like, how dare he do that to America's sweetheart, totally. Steve Kerr, right? Yeah. Like we feel. Imagine there's there's a lot of dudes that Michael Jordan played with who you tell that story and you go, hmm, he punched Dennis Rodman in the face. Yeah, yeah could see. Zero
1: problems believing that. Because LeBron but, punched a teammate. Like, oh, like, it, my it's God. It's amazing that the, the Michael Jordan punching Steve Kerr in the face thing, is like, yeah, Kerr's America's sweetheart or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. like It was like a... It was like a cool thing yeah, that Michael that Jordan he did. did. Yeah, he's, like, oh, he's such a gamer, he's such a competitor that he punched a teammate in the face. How amazing is that? Like, Draymond did it, and his career's basically never been the same. God, his reputation's never been the same.
0: But I actually would love to see the mental gymnastics on that one if it if it did come out that LeBron just assailed uh, a teammate. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's happening. It would be
1: a, a disaster of epic proportions. Yeah,
0: I don't think that's happening uh, any any time soon. And uh, apparently, Steve Kerr had uh, had shared the story before, so I guess it was out. There there in uh in in the there ether i'll uh, we'll have more on the whole lakers uh scenario damn woik going to join us uh, coming up after 8 30 like you said big win last night doing it for the king you know they wanted to show him we can we can do this lebron we don't need you lebron and ad uh i think you do but good win for them uh, against the celtics last night even without both of those guys we'll talk to him about that that's coming up after 8 30 our buddy mckee gonna join us after 8 and coming up next charles davis what do you? What do we do on a Sunday without football? Maybe we'll find out that it's with awful. Charles first. It is awful. Awful. Uh, and again, like, just NHL. Give me real games yeah. if there's no football to watch. Uh, we'll talk to Charles Davis about that when we continue. Not about the NHL, but about, you know, football and the lack of games being played this weekend. Charles Davis joins us next. One hour in the books here. Fan morning show with Gunning and Rubinoff on Sportsnet of The Fan.